1: Welcome to the High and Inside podcast, recording from the ranch in Johnston, Iowa. This is episode six, I do believe. Yeah, on the head. Yep. Okay, Jacob. Jacob's
2: kind of our episode guy. Al, we, we... I don't have a job. I'm pretty well here. <laughs> <laughs> He's just the. I do something, and I might be good at it. We'll tell you what that something is on a later date.
1: But yeah, so episode six—if you guys have listened before, you kind of know the the rundown. But basically, we just talk about hot topics, and sometimes we get debating, like is Lamar Jackson gonna, gonna win a is can he win a Super Bowl or not? Uh, you know, other topics we're pretty unanimous on, like LeBron's the goat. Uh, but we have been starting out with an opening question just to kind of get the ball rolling. Uh, so I'll start off uh, with do you guys think that fantasy football like winning fantasy football is more fluky or more skill or kind of kind of what because there is definitely some flukiness in fantasy football but uh, yeah Al, I think I started with Jacob last time so I will start with you bud what are your thoughts
2: um I think that there's it's a good combination of both I think obviously your better fantasy football players are going to be able to overcome more of those fluky injuries, fluky suspensions, fluky, whatever the case is, you know, that's kind of the point of the game is to build the best roster to potentially, you know, withstand the entire season. Now, having said that, there are a lot of times you can't do jack shit about your first three picks all going down with season ending injuries. It's, that's pretty tough to overcome like that, but at the same time, you know, that's real sports. Real sports are fluky. Like look at the finals this year. Like I don't think the bucks are winning the finals with a fully healthy, you know, NBA format, you know, LeBron, Anthony Davis, full strength, Nets, full, Nets strength. full strength freaking sixers full strength you know whatever the case is i you know things aren't going to pan out that way same with the suns but team yeah, going but that's the way sports go those teams set themselves up better to withstand those injuries in the long haul and that's kind of the same way i look at fantasy football is you control what you can control and the better the better managers or better players are more often than not going to End up at the top, is the way I look at it. Well, well
1: said, Alex. You can find Alex on Twitter at alexlong02. Uh, and then the other co-host here is Jacob Thompson. Uh, Jacob, yeah, thoughts. Actually, first we'll go fay JT quick. At Fade JT is his Twitter. Um, tweets at least one fire tweet a week. I'll give him. I'll give him that reputation. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about the whole fluky uh, skill? Hey, that's my beer on like a single season basis i believe
0: it's pretty much it's, it's a lot of luck um sometimes like the dudes that you pick up like because you can watch waiver wires and be like all right this dude's popping off you know real quick and that day might be a consistent guy for the rest of the season you pick them up because you're paying attention you're watching the games and all that you know people go down with injuries but so like on a single season basis like it can be like luck but over like a three to four year gap like, you'll pretty much see where you're at. Like, if you, if you won one year and then you bottom of the barrel after that, you pretty much luck. But, you know, if you're consistently in the top three or four, it usually means that you're probably a better fantasy football player than the rest of the goons that you play with. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it really just depends on, basically, like I said, the first three picks that you have. Because if those go down, it good luck, buddy. Good fucking luck.
2: You better really hit the fucking <laughs> off the baseball on that waiver wire on those fucking free agency ads. Otherwise, you you're fucked. Yeah. So. Like you stand zero percent chance. I mean, even this last year, like that's basically what happened to me. It was my first three picks all went down, and I even you know I even was able to nab James Robinson off the oh, waiver yeah. wires. And he ended up the second running back overall. Did not matter. Replaces one of the three. Like you know, it's. There are certain shows you can't you just can't overcome and no. that's that's real life that's real life sports like there are certain things this year that the Lakers LeBron the GOAT literally couldn't overcome like that's that happens mm. but yeah. it seems to happen a lot more in fantasy football when you can only fill out <laughs> a roster with fucking what 11 15, players 12. 15 whatever the case is as opposed to the good old 53 man rosters that the NFL gets to use so
1: yep yeah. I'm Yeah. I'm right with you guys on that. Like, I think generally, like you said, over a five year span, your better players are going to be more likely to be at the top. Um, but you always kind of those fluky guys, those auto draft ESPN guys get in there somehow. Uh, and it's so dependent on your first week. And honestly, I think it's kind of weird, but I think it's good to lose early. Uh, <laughs> for me this last year, I drafted Christian McCaffrey in one of my leagues. What he went off like the first two weeks, my team was like three, four, 0 and, oh, and then he was out the rest of the season, basically. <laughs> and I was top, I was the worst or the last pick on the waiver wire. So I couldn't pick anybody up. I couldn't pick up his backup. Um, and other leagues, like I once started out 0 and 5 in a league, but I got all of the good waiver picks, waiver wire. I got whoever I wanted. And I ended up rising to the top, went like I went undefeated from that point on and won it all. Like I do think there's benefits to losing early. And I think smart managers can take advantage of that. Um, but it's definitely fluke, and I think that's why we like it. Every year, you kind of have a chance, honestly. Uh, and where your draft pick is and how the people draft, and you're going to see a defense get drafted in the seventh round, and you're gonna be like, why? Uh, it's – yeah.
0: And the parody in the playoffs really shows it, where it's like, as long as you get in the playoffs, you can for sure win it. Like, because, you know, however – especially those last few weeks where, it, like, teams might start resting players and, and like, people might
2: more- – Teams aren't playing different. Like Everyone's, you know, teams know whether they're in the playoffs or not. So if they have a star that's hurt, he's out for the year. Yep. You know, on a shitty team, they're not making the playoffs. They have a, Their star running back is kind of dinged up. You got four games to go. You sit him. He's done. IR. don't need him. Up. He's 23. We're not going to waste him on nothing. So they sit him. Well, unfortunately for you, <laughs> he was your leading fucking scorer this year. Number one seed. Pretty fucking pointless. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, you, you have the number one seed, but your most important player and most influential player to get you that number one seed is now gone. So it's a complete different team and roster, and you're left scrambling like a chicken with your head cut off. But so, yeah, best answer is it's a good mix of complete flukiness and tomfuckery and. You know, over a over span. I think the cream does rise to the top, though, though and overcomes more adversity than the auto-draft. Waste all fucking five minutes that you're allotted for your Oof. draft pick or whatever just to hit auto-pick. Come back, make one pick the next round, and then continue to auto-pick the rest of the time just to waste as much time as physically possible. Every league has to have one of yep. those guys. Yep.
1: You always got one of those guys. I swear. Oh, I didn't get logged in the timer or whatever. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's frustrating. But if we have anybody in our league
0: start auto-drafting, like just like put out a notice, like if you start auto-drafting, we will kick you from the league immediately. Like you, you – I'm cutting your
2: first three-round picks. Like, <laughs> like,
0: like no, like, like I'm sorry. You just don't get to play this year. If you can't even make draft night, I'm sorry. We Every draft
2: that you don't manually make, I'm cutting. Yes.
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. yep. Yep,
1: every pick.
2: If you don't make a pick, you get no players. <laughs> you can pick up free agents and try to compete. Good luck.
1: I, I think the craziness about fantasy football, though, is you can be the second best team in the league that week, that given week, and you can lose. Yeah. Like, that is fucking nutty to me, that you literally the best of everybody else but your matchup.
2: My favorite is the fucking at the end of the season, you know, you look at wins and loss totals and then you look at, like, points you scored and points scored against you, you're fucking torching them. You're second in the league in points scored. Unfortunately, you're first in the league <laughs> in points against. That's and you're an eight, you are a 500 <laughs> team, baby. Yep. You are a 500 team. Like, your record does not show that you are one of the highest-scoring teams in the league. Yep. And it's, it's brutal.
1: And that, again, the flukiness, but... So last night, transition a little bit here. Uh, well, last night from recording, so two nights ago, the uh, Bucks won game what six was it? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep six. game six of the the finals, and they took it took it back to Milwaukee. And Aaron Rodgers got his second uh, championship. He's won one with the pack, Packers in his billion years there, and then he got a second one there because he's a part owner in the Bucks. So a little shade, if I can throw shade at Aaron Rodgers, I'm gonna do it. Yep, um, but. No, it was pretty crazy. I mean, no one expected that matchup. No one expected the Bucks coming back from down 2-0. Yeah, I was like,
2: say, we, we all three predicted Suns yep. after they were up 2-0 on our, I think it was the last podcast or... One of the podcasts, I definitely remember all three of our dumbasses, saying, yeah, I think one has got this one. They got her in the bag, and all three yeah, of us—they're
0: up two all and playing better team basketball. So like, just, it's, they, not it's not out, really our ass. Yeah, like, like, like if you were to look at it just as a basketball, be like, well, yeah, they're playing way better. They don't like you know, yeah, just, just from like, a
2: completely outside perspective. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think we underestimated the Bucks and underestimated Giannis. Giannis, we uh, we underestimated the fuck out of Giannis and. To the Bucks defense, you know, like especially the Game Six, we watched a good chunk of it. Giannis was hardly running any fucking point guard, and he put up a fifty burger. Yeah, like he was just down on the block. And I remember there one specific play. There was three dudes guarding him, and he just drop stepped on all three of them and dunked over the other two. Yeah, like it was, one of them, DeAndre, yeah, was right dude, there. It was, it's, it was so disrespectful. And then he's – because he doesn't have the ball in his hands and he's not forced to take a shitty three-point shot or pull up. Now, all of a sudden, he's camping out on the block and he's there to tip and rebound everything. Absolutely everything. He impacts every single play without bringing the ball up the court. And he just fucking took over. He absolutely looked like the best player, arguably, in the planet last night. Like he. He fucking looked insane, unstoppable.
0: This is, like, one of those things where the coach clearly looked into a title. Like, like you can look at Buttholz, like, Buttholz or I don't know. Buttholds <laughs> buttholds or whatever, yeah. He looks like,
1: <laughs> like, like Buttholz. Like We're looking into
0: Buttholz But He like Like, he's made so many mistakes throughout his fucking career. Where it was just like, you're clearly using Giannis wrong. He's like, you know, people have roasted him for his decisions, like, coaching decisions for the longest time. Even last night, he didn't look like he was doing a great job. The one where they rushed down when there was a minute, what was it, 30 left? And he had, their team was rushing down to yeah, get a shot Chris, off. And Chris
2: Middleton immediately <laughs> dribbles down, passes to no gets a screen from Nolan, straight ISOs, jumps in the air and throws it straight out of bounds. And still fucking 15 seconds left on the shot clock at this point. Yeah. Like 59 seconds left overall, and they're up like six. It's like, dude, what are we doing? what the fuck are we doing yeah no I would I agree he's he's the classic regular season success story like he's the ultimate he's taken a lot of underwhelming teams like the Hawks that year they were the one seed with absolutely no all-stars like that was him like they've taken a lot of fucking underwhelming squads and then this you know since he took over the Bucks, they were significantly better. They were much closer than what they were expected to be than Jason Kidd had on that. And yeah. It's just he's <laughs> never been able to answer the questions in the playoffs. He's never been able to get that next step. And I mean, he outcoached Monty Williams. He, to go down 0-2 and come back with a 4-0 sweep. He got it done. Yeah, he got That's it Props. Tip of the cap. He, he got he got it done when it counted this year. I mean, obviously it helps having a guy like Giannis, but they did play. Excuse me. I will say they they played fantastic fucking defense. Yes, they their played, defense like, was insane. They, they played insane defense. Like it really didn't matter who was guarding Booker. They all had the same fucking level of pressure and constant pest, just being annoying. Immediate double teams on any fucking pick and rolls. Immediately, immediate double teams anytime he turned his back, like just all over him, making life uncomfortable. You could tell he was frustrated. He still lit it up because he can fucking make anything. But yeah, I mean, congrats to the Bucks. Really, all, all I have to say at the end of the day, Giannis proved me wrong. I really didn't think he was. I was st- not didn't think. I was starting to think he wasn't good enough to be the number one player on a championship team. But, like, <laughs> obviously, he proved that. And through the finals, like, he, he more than proved it. He fucking answered the shit out of that, belt. Obviously, he still needs a star. Because Chris Middleton played way, exceptionally better than he normally plays. Like, he played fantastic through the finals. He made some people question, you know, whether maybe he could be the finals MVP. He was so clutch, making so many wet shots. But,
1: and. Yeah. Chris Middleton has two modes like one of the best players in the league and one of the worst players in the league. Like he can go all of 8 and to continue shooting. And he can also go like 7 of 8 and drop, you know, a 40 burger. Uh, uh, it's yeah. crazy.
2: I think I saw a tweet once so I was like. Chris Middleton has two modes, and it's Michael Jordan or Tony (laughs) Snell. It's like, yeah, spot fucking on. He either puts up absolutely nothing, you don't even know he's playing the game, or he lights you fucking on fire. Most of the time against Celtics, he lights us on fire. It's really unfortunate.
0: He also has a crazy good story. Like, he was drafted pretty late, he was in the G League, first one to like, um, First player to go from the G League to the All Star team, and then on top mm-hmm. of that, to like go go to the finals. On on top of that, it's just I'm
1: gonna drop a story. I'm gonna drop a crazy fact that you guys don't know. His first name is actually James. His name is James Middleton, but his middle name is Chris. He goes by Chris. Is that not wild? Like, what the fuck? James Middleton's tough. James Middleton sounds awful.
2: James Middleton sounds white.
1: <laughs> Chris Middleton's not much better. <laughs> it's not. With the a K, a K, K it is. is. Yeah. 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 With yeah. A K it is. Yeah. Yep.
2: I don't bad. make the rules. <laughs> Just it's really don't. It. Uh,
1: but yeah, no, finals are wild. And you know, the people that hate basketball, it's like, dude, those finals games are crazy. Even like leading up, like the playoff games, like the basketball, those players are so talented and to so, do what they do, like
2: it was a super fun, super competitive finals. Fuck anyone that like didn't enjoy that at least a little bit. Like I saw, I saw people bitching about how we had no fucking like marketable teams in the finals. I was like Jesus Christ, we bitched for how many years about how predictable it was and how super teams and how the same team wins it every year and how we could determine the final champ in the fucking preseason. And finally, we get two teams we haven't seen since. The Suns fucking ever and yeah. the Bucks since '71, their 50th year anniversary. So we haven't
1: seen them ever. Yeah, yeah, like physically. Yeah,
2: neither of us have either have seen either of them win a finals ever. And excuse me, good Lord, but like that's fun as fuck. That's what that's what you should want. If you don't like that, I don't. What you're kind of weird. You're you're probably under 15 years old.
1: You yep. got some, like, post-Jordan beef. Like, the NBA is not the same. Yeah. you Basically, you hate LeBron. You 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 have a hard-on for Jordan. And because the league's some... I mean, it is softer now. I'll be the first to admit that. You got some it's beef with... Tissue. But, like, look at Giannis and tell me dudes that are that big can move like he does and are that athletic. Like, dude, that defies logic. He should not be able to do what he does. Take him seven strides to get across the court.
2: The fact I, like even have to have the argument with a coach that he doesn't have to be the one to dribble it up just because he can no dude his size ever could I'm comparing him to Shaq Shaq couldn't even fucking shoot a free throw if you locked him in, <laughs> locked him in the goddamn gym for 24 hours like god damn this dude is literally Shaq level except he can handle the ball shoot a decent mid-range shot and hit enough threes to be better than Ben Simmons <laughs> Yeah. And like the dude can adjust. Look how he was struggling with free throws. He missed three last night. Two were in like the final minute when it really it, the game was already sunk. He missed once so I like, got an even fifty. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> oh shit. He's already playing on the fifty piece McNugget joke in his mm, mind.
0: Exactly. Well, i've we said McNuggets to fucking Chick-fil-A, too.
1: Yeah, if you haven't seen that Giannis video of him ordering fifty nuggets, it's fucking hilarious. It's
2: funny as fuck. He's just like I gained so much respect for Giannis. He's
1: so happy. The way he handled honestly, like the media and just the way he talked, I'm just like, God, it's kind of hard to hate this guy. Honestly, like he's so nice and genuine. It seems yeah, like I was gonna
2: say he's very, extremely genuine. Everything he says is real. You can tell he's not like. I think JT said it when we were talking off, off mic. He was saying like. Everything Giannis says is so, how do you put it? It's his actual thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not PR motivated. It's no. not like you can tell it's not what his agent wants him to say. It's not, what, it's not what anyone expected him to say. It's his own actual genuine thoughts. And that's, it's just, I don't know. It's cool. It's cool to see, especially nowadays. Everyone wants to act like some freaking guru like Kyrie Irving, like they know Jesus. UFC fighter. Gosh, you're an idiot.
1: Yeah, we're good. Um, all right. So, sorry, we're watching some old fights, and yeah, we got distracted. Well, I got distracted actually. Let's let's get that all right. Uh, but some recent news. Al just informed me that the Cubs have come out and basically said that KP is going to be traded. And they're going to re-sign Rizzo and Baez. Because basically that was the debate. Either re-sign KB, trade Rizzo, Baez, or re-sign. Well,
2: let me cut in. Okay. Like they might not. I, them sign, re-signing Baez and Rizzo isn't a for sure thing. They're in talks with them. The room, or, yeah. The report is that they've been in talks with Rizzo and Baez and they're working on extensions. There have been no talks with Bryant, which leads them to believe he's as good as gone. Is the report I read from... Jeff Bassan, who's a pretty good Chicago beat writer. Pretty, oh, for sure. Maybe not Chicago beat writer, but pretty good. Beat pretty right, yeah, right, well, pretty respectable journalist in the MLB.
1: Not gonna post some fake yeah. ass what was who was that that oh, oh I did it and then it really pissed Katie off and he's like, dude, I never talked to that guy.
2: Man. Oh yeah. Um oh. oh. damn it. I can picture his face, but yeah. he can't name. fuck it.
1: Anyway. <laughs> Uh, So, Jacob, obviously you're an avid baseball fan. You probably watch more games than us. You know more about it than us. (laughs) It's just all a joke, guys. Jacob's not huge into baseball, but, I mean, do you have any thoughts on the whole Cubs? I I guess
0: I wanted to know – I wanted to ask you guys this for a while, but, like, what's your guys' official thoughts on where it went from 2016 where it's like we have a dynasty. Like, we have a team that should be – in contention, if not winning it, over these next four to five years stretch, with these this young core we have, they're all pretty much locked up. All of this to, I don't, I'm haven't, know i'm I don't know the batting averages. how disappointment? Hours. Yeah, yeah. Very, I don't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't want to twist the
2: knife.
0: Yeah, I don't want to twist the knife, but it's where it's just like it's like these dudes oh, like no, is they, this, is. this was supposed to be your like your your trio right here that was supposed to lead you to the promised land of being like a dynasty
2: no it's essentially a celtics 2.0 for me like <laughs> i'm reliving my not my, my nightmare because we hit gold we hit patriot it felt awesome both times the cubs won especially after we, we broke the curse so it was a little different it was a little better than celtics but then same thing jacob was talking about it's just fucking brutal Like, they had the perfect pieces in place, like the super young core. All the fucking, I just, yeah. I don't know. Hitting, just everyone declined, except for, you know, Javi went off on that spurt on his own, but he still struggled in the same areas that everyone else struggled in, and that was contact. And we went on this huge home run craze, and we weren't good at it. We just couldn't compete, especially in Chicago. You can't compete cons- consistently trying to get Yahtzee them out. Dude, the game might start fucking blowing out seven miles per hour. And it might finish the game blowing in 11. Like you can't you can't rely on hitting dingers. You can't rely on your offense hitting. You have games. to actually play baseball. Yeah, you have to actually <laughs> play fucking baseball. That's exactly. Tough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the perfect way to put it. And yeah, that's that's my answer to Jacob's question. And I guess to break into the KB thing. This is, I, as DJ already knows, I've ranted about this fucking ever. I am fucking happy he's leaving. He has since, okay, so we won rookie of the year, and then he won MVP. The next year after that was all right. And then five years since then have been straight downhill. Now, he wants best player and, like, top of, top of the top food chain type money. He's through his prime, hasn't gotten better since his first couple years in the league. Do we think he's going to get better now that he's 30 and getting even older? I'm going to go with fucking no. (laughs) On top of that, I don't know about you guys, but just watching the Cubs games, no one fucking strikes out or pops out or has a weak fly out, gets the shittiest out possible with runners in scoring position and only one out more than Chris Bryant. Like he's the three hitter. He's supposed to be the most clutch and he's the least clutch dude. I swear he gets all this hype because of those early good years. And he was the golden boy for the Cubs, but he just hasn't come through. It hasn't worked out. And now he wants this big money. He's been, he, he's been slightly above average for the past five years. We can pay anyone a lot less money. We have dudes on our team already. David Bodie is a pretty average player getting paid pretty average money who can fill in and do a serviceable job at third base. And then we can go pay for some pitchers for once. (laughs) Please. Like, and not overpay for pitchers like Hugh Darvish or... King Donna. Carly yeah, I tell that good lord. Yeah, let's not send the entire farm system <laughs> a fourth at I'm best. Boss. So, yeah, I got that that one hurt. Yeah. And that that was another problem was that led
1: to the downfall a little
2: bit. A lot of a lot of our prospects. like not a lot of our prospects, but like all right, go. Can you trade KB for Swarber? <laughs> I would. I'm <I'd> doing it <laughs> right now. I wouldn't even think about it. I would in a fucking heartbeat, but no, they'll get they'll get a bunch of prospects back for him. So I, I think they're gonna do hopefully the rightish thing. They're gonna send off a bunch of guys. They're gonna keep enough of the core guys around to quick rebuild. Yep. Equip it. you know we, they have a, they have a lot of good prospects in place right now. They're saying you can get a shit ton for Bryant, which I think is hilarious <laughs> when you look at his numbers again, they're below average not below average, they're average at best. They've gone down so drastically. His first three years, his war was 5.7, 7.9, and 5.7. And the four years since that, four or five years since that, it's been, I believe, it went 3.2, 4.0, 2.9, and 1, or something like that, in different order. Not in the correct order. The one was in the uh, the uh, COVID season. And then the year before that was like a, a 2.0 or 2.7 or something like that. They've been significantly worse, I guess. I don't know why I'm trying to remember the exact numbers. Well, we need to know. But like significantly worse. And again, he's not going to get better, guys. If he hasn't gotten better through his – these peak years why do we think he's going to get better later I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just not willing to pay the money to find that out maybe I'm wrong I'll let someone else take that risk
1: uh, honestly risk is perfect like I, it's not worth taking the risk to sign him for a shitload and just have him continue to put up average numbers like he's done um, like he's shown he does
2: and then on the flip side of that question I do think like, I love the idea of trying to extend bias and Rizzo. You have to keep enough of the core around, and enough of competitive guys around. Clubhouse or, guys. Clubhouse guys, perfect way to put it, to continue to compete, to continue to build that Cubs brand, to continue, you know, they did win a championship. They do know what it's like. You know, they do have some experience. You, you have to show the young guys the ropes. Some guys gotta hang around to do that. They're the perfect guys. You know, some guys have to retire Cubs. I think they're the perfect two guys to do that. Rizzo is just, you know, I don't know. He turned his career around with the Cubs, came over with Epstein, led broke was the leader of the team that broke the curse, one of the key cogs. And yeah, I mean, I I think he's a perfect perfect piece to stick around. And then bias is just I I have a bias for him. I, I think he's freaking amazing. I think he's Everyone wants to rave and go crazy about what Tatis is doing, Fernando Tatis from the Padres, but they're all the same things that Javi was doing three years ago. that almost like, MP season. Yeah, it's, it's literally the same flashy type play, and it's really cool. It's really fun. I, I loved it so much. I get why they're raving about it, but don't act like it's the first time we've ever seen it. Because <laughs> yep. it's not. I don't want to say he changed the game of basketball, but he was bringing flash to a very boring sport. He's bringing a little bit bit of pizzazz. A little swagger. Yeah, a little swag back to an extremely, extremely boring sport. And I'll I'll forever respect the fuck out of him and love him for that. Like, he's just fun to watch. And I would love to continue to watch him play for my team. That's the best way I can put it.
1: But, yeah, so to answer your question, Jacob, uh, I mean, me and Al talked about a lot of the things that the Cubs did wrong following – the 2016 championship and a lot of them was not addressing the issues like just pretending they're gonna fix themselves like the bullpen was shitty in 2017 they were shitty in 2018 like or yeah, yeah that's right mm-hmm. and the the cubs just didn't do anything about it they brought in a bunch of old-ass like oh these guys will fix it when these guys
2: numbers have shown and like it's just and kept throwing kept using band-aid fixes on yep it. And yep. it works for the first year in twenty sixteen it worked because Bad Chapman. We, yeah, we grabbed the biggest band aid of all time in a rodus Chapman. And then he immediately left. We gave up a lot for him and immediately dipped. And well, we patched up with another band aid. And who was it then? Wade Davis? Yep,
1: waiter. Something waiter like check, that. please. That's what you say when you get he, gets he
2: kind of sucked. And then we fixed it with another Band-Aid, and he was worse than Wade, and then another one, and it just kept getting significantly worse than the last one until the point where we're at. And, you know, it's – I really think that the bullpen, for sure, the bullpen and pitching staff is, like, the main reasons that they didn't live up to expectations. Obviously, the fucking hitting was a massive part as well, the disappointment in hitting – The inconsistent. Yeah, that's what I. You put up 15 runs, but beat the team 15 to three. The next game would lose two to zero. It's like that fucking a cotton. The fuck are we? But I don't know. I I mean, I'm so many, so many mistakes. It's it's tough to go through them all.
1: I'm sure, like every team thinks this, but I swear the Cubs are the most inconsistent hitters. Like they can go a week of just hitting the cover off the ball, you know, dropping seven to ten fucking runs every single game and then they could go a solid two weeks where like they just don't score and it's it was just insane and like the, the pitching always so the cubs score eight runs well the pitching sucked that day and gave up nine cubs lose and it just it never could correlate because then the pitchers lock in for a couple weeks well cubs hitters went south like it's it's just such a flip flop and it just they can never actually get on the same page and a lot went wrong and I think there's a lot more they could have done to address the issues. Uh, but now, now they're starting to address the issues, I guess, because they had to make a decision, KB or Rizzo Bias. Basically, it was their decision. Uh, and I, I think if they ship off KB, it's the right move. I think Rizzo's such a good clubhouse guy. I mean, Rizzo's story is kind of insane. Like, came up with the Padres, did terrible, went to the Red Sox, got the, diagnosed with cancer, uh, which was cool because John Lester – not the cancer was cool, but what was <laughs> – the way I said that was awful. But what was cool – DJ I, cancer I was thinking like 10 sentences ahead. Um, but, uh, John Lester was actually with the Red Sox at the time when he was with the Red Sox and got cancer. John Lester also, you know, had been diagnosed and gotten cured. So like John Lester walked him through it basically and like helped him out. John Lester did so much. That's why he loves Lester. Uh, and then for them to both go in Chicago and win was just that, what was, what was so cool. Um, but. No, like Rizzo's story is insane. And like that, when you have an event like that happen in your life, it changes the way you think about stuff. Like, even like having a kid or like, there's just certain major events in your life, like losing a parent. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what that would be like, but there's just certain events that will change the way you think. Uh, And so having a guy like that who's just always positive morale, he's been experienced, he's won a World Series, like he's done so many things, and to have his kind of perspective to lead the young guys, Mm -hmm. uh, you just can't really put a price on that in my opinion.
2: Along with that, the fact that Theo just left, and now it's Jed Hoyer. That's right. Uh, did I, yeah. I, or did I flip it? No, no, no. That's right. Theo left. Yeah, Theo, Theo. left, and so yeah, now it's Jed Hoyer running it, running the show himself. Kind of the first time for a while. He already is off to a rough start with the fan base. Not re-signing short, or not not even re-signing short, cutting short.
1: Ridiculous.
2: Not so that was tough. He was a fan favorite. That's it's a tough start. And then to then go get rid of, if you go, I think Brian should go. That's going to piss off a good majority of Cubs fans. I think I'm the odd man out. I yep. think most Cubs fans are going to think, you know, he was part of that run too. He was a big part of the success. He was, but he's gotten worse since then. And he's asking for a lot more money than the other, than the other two. And so I don't, uh, yeah, not a big fan, but you know, teach their own. I, I get it. I, I see what you're saying. I see he's talented for sure. He's just not worth what he's asking. But he's probably a fan favorite to some. You're gonna piss them off. You get rid of Rizzo, Bias, they're massive. You're gonna lose the you're gonna lose the fan base really quick. They're
1: gonna be calling for your job
2: they're real gonna, yeah, real quick. They're, they're gonna be real upset obvious. in Wrigleyville. Yep. Super upset in Bill and that's they don't you don't want to go down that path again. So I think you can't go like full rebuild. You got to go half rebuild. And the correct way to do that is ship off KB, who's probably the most valuable. He was the most, most recent MVP. Not most recent MVP. Well, yeah, Fives didn't win MVP. He was an MVP candidate yep. most, most recently. Yep. I think
1: Rizzo once finished like seventh in MVP voting, so he was close. But if you do peak, Brian has the highest peak yeah. as, of, as of right now.
2: And so, yeah, I... The rumors are saying that he has the most value. He has the most value oh, through a lot of the trade I targets could see out it. there. I could see it. I mean, it's not a lot of times as a former MVP get traded. So, I, I yeah, I could see it. So, yeah, I so say you ship him off, reload the farm system with some new new youth, some new life. Maybe some pitchers, please. Yeah, some spark. and Quick rebuild. Yeah. Cleared up a ton of space. We've gotten – we should have money. There's so, got to be money somewhere because not many people – We've gotten get- <laughs> rid of so many dudes. I don't – I mean, I know we're going to pay Rizzo and Baez to extend them, or I hope we are. I think it will be so pretty reasonable, though, money, but...
1: for two guys. I think if you combine them, it'll be a lot, but I think separate mm-hmm. it won't be too ridiculous. Yeah. But we don't know yet. It hasn't
2: been done. I did see a report that Baez was asking for, like, 200 mil which sounds shitty unless you consider what other shortstops his age have been getting and they super long deals, which makes me believe it'll be like a 10 and he's like 27, 28. So I think it'll be like a 10 year deal for about 20 million a year, which is about average shortstop. It's not like not overpaying at all. Like low 20s would be the range I'd be comfortable with. So if it's a longer deal, obviously, you know, I've, Spoken trash on Tatis Steel and how risky that is, but like I said, my bias is going to take over. I fucking love bias. Yo, cool. I'd love to lock him up to a 10-year deal. Maybe throw some options in there or something. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Otherwise, goddamn, damn. 200 mil is a lot. I think, I think there's
1: two positions that fall off the hardest. The first is catcher. There's five maybe seven or eight like good quality catchers and then it really falls off you you basically have two dudes running the position and the shortstop's kind of the same way there might it might be extended a little more for shortstop there might be like 10ish dudes who are pretty solid and then it really falls off and the fact that Javi and uh, uh Wilson Contreras are both in that group of like they're borderline or they are in that top you know mm-hmm. seven top 10 it's like, we have the two pieces of the hardest positions to get. Like, you, you got to keep them. Um, now, obviously, they can't pay by an asinine amount, but compared to other shortstops, we can get them at a good deal.
2: The weird thing, though, is young shortstops do have seem to have recent success. You know, you think about Lindor, Xander yep. Bogarts, Trevor Story, um... I'm missing a couple. You, you got know. Todd East, Trey, Turner. Yeah, yep, yep. There are two more. Um, Seager.
1: Yep, he's been popping off.
2: Um, like, all these dudes, especially when they're, like, as they're young, have been starting to succeed. Like we talked about, the Cubs have a lot of young ones in the system. So, maybe, you know, I could, I could see them moving on from Bias, realistically. I could I, – Would be able to get on board with it, but right deal, yeah. Like if if he is truly asking for an insane amount and asking to be overpaid, because they do have. I mean, their last their pick last year was a shortstop in the top thirteen. I can't remember his name right now, but his hometown from Chicago lit it up in the minors last year. Like he's obviously not quite ready yet, but there are guys here. There are guys. There are guys that will be ready. They're talking about bringing out uh, that Ronnie Mauricio back from the Mets for Chris Bryant and a potential deal. That's he'd be real close. He'd, he'd probably be ready to play next year. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like he's, he's real close. I believe he's triple A again, kind of a closet Mets fan. So but, you know, I, I trust you. I trust your Intel there. That's for sure. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. There's a lot, lot, of, of, lot yeah. of work to do. Yep. Yep. A lot of work to do. But a lot of
1: avenues to do that work. We're not, you yeah. know, there's not a one avenue thing. So there's yeah. a lot of ways they can do it. Uh, some side news, though, that, that prospect they got for Jack Peterson, apparently he uh, is a Des Moines – or not a Des Moines kid, but an Iowa kid. Apparently he played at Newman Catholic. He's been popping off uh, when whatever – I don't know if he's Class A or Double A or whatever one he's been playing in, he's been uh, popping yeah. off. So the Cubs bring back, the, you know, the hometown kid. Uh, so, yeah, I was, was, yeah, was at a bar. Random Cubs fan. I just said something. And of course, he just t- starts telling me all about this guy. I'm like, oh, wow, I got an in depth scouting report of a dude that I knew nothing about. So it's kind of cool. Uh, so it's good to see that. But I feel like we're leaving Jacob out here uh, because, well, he's not a Cubs fan and baseball is not really his thing. So we're going to transition to a topic that I know Jacob has probably got a lot to say because it could definitely impact him the most. There was news, I think it was today, first time the news was out that both Oklahoma and Texas reached out to the SEC and they, they want to potentially move to the SEC. And, I mean, this is just groundbreaking stuff if that would happen. Like, I, I don't even know what would happen to the Big 12. I mean, so much going on. But, Jacob, I'll, I'll let you bat lead off here, bud. What, what are you thinking on all of this? I mean, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. What's going on? What's happening? Uh, it, it just kind of sucks.
0: Um, they're the two that – the, Two-ish one team that really legitimizes the uh, Big 12. Um, they're the two teams that could really compete at full force with and win the win the title, Uh-oh. go and win the national championship and everything. And to lose them would be absolutely devastating to the Big 12. Um, since they've lost, I believe it was Colorado, Colorado, Missouri, and Nebraska, Texas AM. and Like, they've only added back West Virginia and TCU,
2: which kind of sucks. Like, that's just not – It's tough when you look at it in the trade history. <laughs> when you look at what? When you look at it in the trade history. Yeah. I know. Like, when you look at the grand scheme, it's like, oof, just pretty brutal teams. And they're, like, they're looking at – kind of They're looking. Like, they were
0: looking at adding – like, before this even came out, they are looking at adding Arkansas and uh, Missouri into the con- conference, which are two – Mid tier teams, not really high level teams, but mid tier that would compete. They're not bottom barrel teams or anything like that. They'll be in a bowl game. They'll be in a bowl game. You know, they're gonna have more
1: often than not. Yep, yep sure. they're gonna
0: they're gonna be fun teams. So like this was that was released before this, mm-hmm. and so like that's what really sucks about it. Where it's just like they're just about to get back to be able to be the Big Twelve, and for this to drop really fucking blows. Um, if they did, they have to disband the Big Twelve. Honestly, because there's just it's. 18. You, you might as well have the fucking MAC conference. Like, it's just not, you don't have enough competition in there to really legitimize any teams from the conference. Um, I don't really understand the move from Oklahoma and Texas because, from, I guess, in a football standpoint, in a football standpoint, I don't understand it where it's like, all right, I don't think either of you are going to fare too well against Alabama. I don't think it's going to go like, I think Texas might actually benefit from it more where they have higher level competition and these dudes are more like amped up to play. Mm -hmm. But even then, they might just get shellacked and be a mid-level team. Like, because like, you know, every single SEC team has those five-star recruits. Every single one, they all have that. Everyone's playing the SEC and those top five teams that are good. So it's like, really, you're not that much different there. You should have more money. So like, I don't really understand the move from their point um for like a football standpoint purely uh so like it just for me it just kind of sucks i really don't understand it too much but i'm sure there's some reason most likely money behind it um yeah no it's it's kind of a bummer i hope it doesn't happen but knowing the way things work probably fucking will um yeah no it, it definitely blows uh right when iowa state's looking like they could be like like you know a fucking above average mid-tier you know a team that's at least a a semi-threat like you know to lose the two people that could legitimize them you know year in year out really blows um yeah no i'm just it sucks i I really don't understand it from either their perspectives at all like do you guys think that you're gonna fucking beat alabama like you have a better chance of reaching the final four, like reaching the, the playoff in the big 12. You really do. Now, I don't know like what other sports play into this. I don't know if basketball is playing into it where as you see, it's a little bit weaker there. So maybe, but like, shit.
1: I think from a football perspective, I honestly think it's all, it's all fake. Like they, they I think they're upset at the big 12 for not stepping up the conference. So, like, this is going um, bluff. Yeah, yeah. Let's fucking bluff. Let's just make up, not make up some shit, but like pretend we might consider leaving. Now the Big 12 has to, like, kind of like do it. Yeah, it's 100% of power move. Now the Big 12 has to cater to them. And they were, they were also BYU was one of the teams they were
0: thinking about adding, was BYU, which is not the real hit and miss. They're like, they're, hit, they're hit and miss. Every like five years, they have a decent. Yeah. Hit. But like, also, like, what teams are, what teams are available for you to add? Like, they're gonna have Notre Dame, who's never really been a part of one. I like, wish they would. But they don't. That's just that's kind of their like their gig is they don't and they play a bunch of hard non-conference games and hope for the best. Like you know.
2: The thing, like from a Texas and Oklahoma standpoint, is like they do consistently they are on the brink of that college football playoff and like having those key wins and those big time wins is a big thing, and there's so many like like the fact that Iowa State is winning it, like we said, is shows how embarrassing the competition is in the Big Twelve. Like those three-star athletes should not be competing. Like, and I I think they can compete relatively well. I think you're right; they have a better chance of you know, getting into a fake championship. Like I don't think they're, you know, at least right now. I I would like to see them. I think that stepping up the competition and playing against. Dudes, they're more their level, would either kick them in the jaw enough to light a fire under their ass. Or I really hope that's the only option, actually, because I, I don't have a second better option than that. Yeah, yeah. like I just, I really don't see like
0: where a team like Texas, where they like, they clearly, like you said, they have trouble tackling and stuff like that. It's just mm-hmm. like, I don't, like, do you get kicked um, in the a much
2: A much slower game in the SEC doesn't benefit a team i mean i think it does i think the big 12 is terrible for a team that can't tackle all open wide out all open out. fucking speed options fucking jet sweeps all screens terrible talking that. sec is run down your throat no one can tackle that you're running around into our big boys
0: I mean, but did they not like they, they? struggled with Iowa State against that, who's actually transitioned into a more of a running offense yeah. and slowing it down.
2: They beat Georgia. They beat the breaks off SEC Georgia when they were ranked third. That's when Sam Ehlinger said, "We're back." I mean, like we can say anything about any one random game. Okay, that's fair. Wow. I just yeah no, I don't. I don't really see it.
1: Another another thing I, I know, see. But I that, really do. <laughs> another thing I see though is moving to the SEC allows them to lose, whereas in the Big Twelve they basically have to be perfect. You know. If they mess up once, they might not make the college football playoffs. Whereas in the SEC, because how, you know, the, the class or the, the, well, I don't know how to say it. Basically the ranks they give how good the SEC is, you know, the best football conference, you can lose a couple games in the SEC and still might make it uh, just because of having that prestige. Uh, so I think that allows Oklahoma to be like, Hey, like if we move to the SEC, we can lose to Alabama we can lose to Georgia, but if we went elsewhere, you know, if we win our, if we win our division, we can end up playing Alabama. We can still get in. Uh, and so I think it gives them a little more flexibility with the increasing strength of schedule.
2: I think my personal opinion, I, I'm really not thinking about it from like winning a championship standpoint, because like, as I've stated, I think Texas is so far away from that. I really like, I, I want better competition. Like I want better football. I have never liked the style of play in the big 12. And I, like I, I said, I don't think it benefits Texas in the slightest. I don't know if SEC is that much better for them, but I like the style of play significantly better. I love watching SEC football over Big Twelve football. I hate watching Big Twelve teams. I refute like I hate watching them unless it's Iowa State related because I can always cheer for or against them against yep. anyone. Like I, Be I, honest I, against. I, I know, yeah. Be I, honest it's against. <laughs> I, I, Let's I, not do that. Let's I, do I I know, cheer I against against a I cheer against for
0: Iowa, but not if not. Iowa State's playing, you know, I'll cheer for them. Let's not do
2: that. That's not a real thing. No, there are certain instances, though, <laughs> like against Kansas State. Like, I'll, jail, okay, cheer, for, I'll cheer for Iowa State. against fucking West Virginia. Like yeah. Fucking fuck Virginia's West Virginia. clowns. Yeah. I don't know. But there, there are certain instances. Obviously, against Oklahoma, I'm always cheering for Iowa State. So Oklahoma can fuck off always but like no i don't know it'll be groundbreaking if it
1: happens like it'll be crazy what'll happen like so much shit is gonna go down if it happens
0: well like and like the thing with it is like if the sec adds two more teams it's just like they're a mega conference
1: i think they have 14 total
0: or they might have 14 right now yeah they'd have 16 16 total yeah which is in fucking insane like that's an insane amount let's that's two conferences.
1: Do you like that's before? borderline two fucking conferences right there? I don't think you can split up Texas and Oklahoma though. They'd have to be on the same side. Which no, they would means... split them up.
2: They split them up and they still just play each other right? every year.
1: That's okay. You'd have They're to have like players. that as a protected yeah. rivalry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, no, that, I, that makes sense. Yeah, no, oh. it sucks.
0: Like as, from my perspective as an Iowa State fan, it definitely sucks. Um, just because they
2: want to join though doesn't mean that they wouldn't get rid of two other teams.
0: Yeah, I know that's what like
1: the where the Arkansas Missouri flip
2: could That
0: happen. would just destroy mm-hmm. Iowa
1: State even more. You guys would be the best and one of the worst power five conferences. You guys would be pac 12. Right? I'd almost want us to join
0: the fucking Big Ten at that point. Well, it's good just luck. like it's like, you know, what you guys wouldn't get rid of Rutgers?
1: I'm uh, no, gonna, we gonna won't, die we won't, hard on them. We will not get rid of Rutgers because we want that East Coast exposure. That's the only reason why we added them. You're not going to then get rid of them. Today. I hear you
0: slander Kansas State every time the Big Twelve comes up. You're
1: going to like, you know what? We need Rutgers though. Like, but it's not. A, it's not about Rutgers prestige. It's about their East Coast exposure. They literally said Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is
2: fucking basically. We don't. know no, What we're saying is we don't want them. Yeah. They're going to keep them. Yeah, that's yeah. What, yeah we like, don't exactly want them slightly. At them. They don't help our conference prestige. They don't help our conference. They don't help anything, ever. They were decent at basketball for like a one-two year stretch.
1: If Iowa State plays Rutgers, really good we probably would much – Really I would, good in rest.
2: Like, I would – okay. All right. That I did not know. They're I actually would, really good in wrestling. I would much rather have Iowa State No, in mm-hmm. Yeah, yet. for sure. Also, for the, the freaking – that way you for sure get the the rivalry every year with Iowa. That would be dope, dude. A fucking Big Ten nonsense game. Where dude, I would
0: love that so much. And they play more like a Big Ten team now. That's
2: also why, like, I'm not against this. Like, it would make more sense conference standing – like, team standing-wise – Iowa State shouldn't be playing, going down to fucking Texas all the time.
1: Going out every, to West every, Virginia. Every fucking eight
2: of the teams in the big fucking 12. Eight of your goddamn ten teams, it seems like, are from Texas. Like Baylor, TCU, Texas. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Jesus, like, I know that's only four, but I'm sorry. Well, then, no, you got, then you have Oklahoma Oklahoma State, which are which, fucking
0: neighbors. And then it's Texas North. Thing, goddamn thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, it's it's a lot of, like, it's really just a Southern yeah. league. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it doesn't make a lot of sense for them. That's why, like, yeah. You say DCU in there, too? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's mm-hmm. fucking, yeah. It's
2: really
1: dumb. Like. And so like, like it
2: wouldn't, it wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be mad if, you know, give me a mega conference.
1: Give me two. Because add, add Iowa State to the Big
2: Ten. We want to get rid of fucking. Yeah. yeah we want to get rid of the Big 12. Add, you know. Give me Iowa State and Kansas State. Kansas is garbage. Get rid of the Kansas program altogether. <laughs> Kansas,
0: Kansas can go <laughs> like – they can play themselves. Yeah, they, can, they can have fucking 11 scrimmage games and we'll just you – know, we'll crown them five wins or whatever. Go to,
2: right? Yeah, I don't know. Go somewhere. Be, be an independent. Yeah. Find, find some really shitty schools all non-conference to play. Yeah. Right. Build yourself back up Notre Dame. So, I'll, but yeah, I mean I I don't know. I just I just like it for the style purposes of football watching. Like we have so many more big games a year. Right now it's Texas Oklahoma is the most hype I get for conference games, you know. Outside of that it's Texas, Iowa State, which is really an a no win situation. If you win, it's like you're you're supposed to. It's Iowa fucking state. And anymore, Iowa State's getting pretty fucking solid and competing. It's the point where, like, if you lose, they shouldn't ever fucking beat you. So it sucks. Whereas if we're in the SEC, it's like we can compete with Auburn, Georgia, Florida, LSU. And, you know, like I said on last week's podcast, obviously they're up and down a lot, but they always have consistent other big dogs in there, those other five-star teams that, you know, we could compete with. And I think that would make our five-star Players step up their game personally. I could be completely off, but that's that is just my personal. What
0: what Oklahoma like? Because Oklahoma's typically over the last five years or whatever, they've been you know top four to top you know whatever eight around there. That would tip the scales though for the Big Ten big versus SEC. Oh, for sure, that would definitely tip the scales in the favor of SEC. Mm-hmm. Why well, do you could like, make that argument? Yeah, oh for sure like that, would, and then obviously it's a roll of the dice for whatever Texas does in the SEC like i don't i don't really know like they could be
1: vanderbilt they could be texan
0: and yeah we really, don't know. They, they could be anywhere like where they yeah
2: i think it's fair to assume i don't i haven't been calling them a even top 15 team in the big 12 i don't imagine you know I, like i said i'm not expecting Them to walk in and win the SEC. I'm not expecting them to even walk in and compete for the SEC right away. But like, that's still what I think would be better for them in the long run as a program to get back to where they want to be, the relevancy that they were. I think that's the better option to go down unless Big 12 is going to make a move and bring in some more fucking teams, bring in some more competition, bring in some.
0: I just think, I think the big 12 with that, they're kind of hamstrung where it's like, all right, who the fuck do we bring in? Like, who do we bring in to make our competition better? You know, where it's like, you're not going to snag a team, a good team from like the SEC. You're not going to snag a good team from the big 10. Like you, your options are essentially, you, you might be able to snag BYU who's not really like, that's Utah. Like that's not even really close um like, dabble
2: over in impact 12 land
0: dabble over impact 12 land. i think i saw something about them considering like the arizona teams um but it where it's just like it's like so who do we bring in to legitimize this 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 conference in order to make Stop. them better Stop. and so
2: i don't have that answer but they've had 10 teams for a while now and they're also paid to answer that question yeah Big money where it's like I no one if no one knew that Texas and Oklahoma were shopping around. Who mm-hmm. knows what other teams are shopping around for other conferences, you know. I
0: fucking hope to god Iowa State is. <laughs> I fucking luck. hope to god they
2: are. You know, and like I mean, I I was the one who said to DJ before the podcast that I think it's all a big power I don't I don't really believe it. I don't think it's I personally don't think it'll happen. I think there's too much history. In the Big 12, and Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12 specifically for them to do that.
0: Because they were the so, Big
2: 8 originally. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's just gotten to a point where you play the same teams every single year. You're all just beating on each other. No one is... I don't know. Your big wins are against Oklahoma and then whatever one of TCU Frickin, Oklahoma, um, state. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State Oklahoma State's like a three or four Kansas State every now and then we'll sneak around in the top 10 and then the next year drop all the way to yeah not dog, even ranked absolute dog shit they will compete with Kansas <laughs> it's like, like with the with like the their offense
0: thought like the air raid and shit mm-hmm. that's realistically only like four teams it's that are just, like a true air. It's rate. not just the it's air rate, it's the not
2: defense. The not defense. They're not, defense. They're not giving up seventy-five points consistently is so embarrassing. That's
0: that's how always State built them to built themselves to where they are at. It's, it's like they're they're consistent. I hate watching. On yeah. So they, like that. That's what like really changed it, and like that's where like mm-hmm. like Oklahoma sets it apart. Is like where they have like they always have a pretty solid defense. You know, like they're they have some dudes they can stop some people, and then they have
2: it. athletes where they'll show every now and then but they've they've had a, quite a few games recently where they'll they'll give up a 50 burger plus like i don't know and you know that's the way football's going anymore is that air raid screen games spread them like, out spread them all yeah spread them out stuff fucking yeah it's seen just screen
0: it's, i've yeah, seen I've i will give up 50 burger,
2: like oh well for sure yeah
1: I think the the big thing though is you for if for Texas purposes, like they're not they might not be good, but what's better for a five star recruit to play against other five star recruits or to shit on Kansas? Like the, the Kansas game isn't helping those recruits out at all. Whereas, you know, a game against a Texas AM, a it brings out back the rivalry, but it's just you're going up against such better recruits that you know, playing good competition makes you better. If you're playing basketball and you're only playing against twelve year olds. You're gonna think you're the shit, but you're not getting better. Versus if you're playing dudes better than you. Um, so I mean,
0: Kansas is one team in there, though. Like I, I know what you mean, but like that's a lot. A lot of conferences outside of the SEC, it's a lot of like it's three star recruits, and then the top team has like some five stars, like like the Big Ten for Big Ten for example. Where it's like a lot of them are like three stars that play like four and a half stars when they like when they're all put together, and then like you know down below.
2: The best way for me to put it is. Iowa State is at the top of the class for the Big 12. It is so much easier to get hyped up, even for a middle-of-the-pack LSU, Florida, Auburn, Texas A&M, for sure. Texas A&M for sure, than it is for a top, you know, pretty top-of-the-class Iowa State, yeah, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, because even then, like, we've seen, they're never real. The mm. only one that's ever proven to even be slightly real. Is Oklahoma, so far. Iowa State's getting there, like I'll, they're they're on the way up, you know, but they're still not. They're not top of the class, anything. And so it's like, you know, that's what I mean. The fact that they're, I argue, I literally think they're the biggest competition to Oklahoma and Texas there in the Big Twelve is Iowa State, and it's a
0: crazy state And that and that's like.
2: a and that's a that's a no-win scenario for a team like Texas that yeah. sucks that sucks going into it. that sucks as a player that sucks as a coach and that sucks as a freaking I don't even know what I'm trying to say I
0: mean could, could we honestly say the same thing about the Big Ten though where it's like like outside of Ohio State who hasn't proven fraudulent when they reach the top
2: Penn State before Penn State, Michigan State. Everyone's taking their before, run at it. Yeah, there, but like like Michigan it State, scandals. Wisconsin wasn't. Michigan the same State for a while. before they
0: like when they re- when they won it and stuff. Like when they've actually reached the top, they've gotten obliterated. Like when, when they've actually faced up against as
2: you're you're talking the one year though. You're, you're talking that one year, like when we were growing up, Michigan State was pretty good. Michigan like, used like, to be really good way back. I mean, like, I, I guess what's your what's your time frame? Like, the last five years, yeah, Ohio State's dominated for sure. But, like, the years before – like, the 15 years before that, Penn State and Michigan State were legit schools. It was Mich- Michigan and Wisconsin were legit schools.
1: I mean, when what
0: the cl- what's the closest those teams have gotten, though?
1: I mean, Wisconsin's won Rose Bowls. Which it, that was before they had the – it was, like, the best the Big Ten could do is win the Rose Bowl because it was before the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the playoff fucking throws a wrinkle into it. Yeah. But, yeah, I just – I
0: don't know. I think outside the SEC where it's just, like, you know, Georgia could be a dominant team one year where they're going to win it. You know, like, SEC has, has a potential where they have, like, four teams that, like, when they reach the top, they can win it all. And they they have the talent. They have everything there for it. But, like, all the other ones, it's, like, one school that has, like, a predominantly, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, like Michigan State, I think when they were they were really good, what was it? Even before the playoff, I think they were going they, – they played – I want to say 2014-ish. Yeah, like 2014-ish. I want to look up, up that score, but I think they got beat by Alabama, with like, 50 points. Like, you know, that's not – It's not too much different. I just think that the Big Ten plays a better style of football. That's more they're going to play a lot, lot better games.
1: I I would say that like the only problem is okay. So the last five years, Ohio State's kind of dominated the conference, which is what you're kind of the point you're making. But the last five years is when the playoffs just started. Isn't isn't Roseville predominantly?
0: SEC Pac-12, versus Pac-12 every or, year. Uh, big, big 10 versus pac Yeah, what I said. Yeah, 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 SEC. Which I, I
1: we also say that the Pac-12 is pretty weak. Yeah, but prior to that, the Pac-12 was. Stanford used to dominate. I'm just saying that, that Russell Wilson-Wisconsin team might have been able to make some noise in the playoffs. Would they have beaten Alabama? Probably not. But realistically, no one's beating Alabama. So it's just – it's tough because the Big 10's been struggling as long as the playoffs. Like struggling for a top t- – like multiple top-tier teams. And that's however long the playoffs have been. But like I, I would love to see that Wisconsin team in the playoffs because they would have made it as probably the four seed that one year. Fucking probably Monty Ball and Russell Wilson. Like I think that that style would have been hard for some of those teams to handle. I think they probably still would have, like I said, <laughs> lose to Alabama. But it's just it's just tough with that. Um, I don't know. I, I see your point. I definitely see your point. But
2: yes, yeah. no one outside of one big ten team and two ACC teams in the past 15 years have won a fucking national championship outside the SEC.
0: Yeah. Like, and like the Clemson thing is kind of like, it's almost a floor there,
2: There's two, there's two of them in the last five years outside of that. It's Florida, Florida State and. And Florida State in 13. Yeah. Outside yeah. Was, yeah. yeah guess, so like they're all kind of the same Bayon where it's just Bayon like. Bayon Bama, Bama, Auburn, Bama, Florida, LSU, Florida. Now we're all the way down to Hook'em Horns, Texas. Yes, sir.
1: 2005. Yeah, I mean, it's – I see what you're saying. It's it's every conference but the SEC. I just feel like of all those conferences, like, it's clear-cut Big Ten is number two if they're not debatably number one. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. We've gone – on long enough about some college football. Jacob once made a joke on, not a joke. He asked a question on this show. If Russell uh, Westbrook, I almost said Russell Wilson, but not Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook and LeBron, if they would be just like an unstoppable combo and Jacob must predict the future or something. Cause now there's trade rumors that Washington might send Russell to the Lakers. So, I mean, what do you guys think? This is some groundbreaking news. If it does happen. I mean, wow! That would just be a fun team to watch. But mm-hmm. yeah, Jacob, I mean, you were the one who came up with the initial question. What What do you think? Um,
0: I think it would it would be a lot of fun. I have slandered Russell Westbrook for the longest time because he seems to be the most least self aware player when it comes to playing in the playoffs that I've ever seen. He's the only player I've ever seen try like over try their way out of a game. Like over effort and do to try to do way too fucking much, and cost his team games, and shoot threes, which he's just not good at. He's tried his hardest. He's not really good at. And I think that would be the one problem. But like we discussed on there, LeBron would be the one player that could make Russell like turn him into a championship player.
2: If LeBron can't make LeBron or Russell a winner, no one can. Facts. That's what we said last time, and that's what we'll say again. Yeah. Like, And it is just a rumor, but it's a rumor that the Lakers are looking for a veteran point guard. So we were kind of talking beforehand about how it's a little bit – it's between Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook are the two big names out there right now in signing trades. And my big thought is, one, you obviously have to make some sort of change. The Lakers were a disappointment this year. Obviously, injuries had a big play in that, but as I talked or I, we discussed beforehand, that's might not go away anytime soon. LeBron's not going to get it any younger, and Anthony Davis has been injury-prone his entire career. But also the the stats on the
0: bubble teams, on how they play in the playoffs, and how they played throughout the year were like where we talked about, or like we talked on previous podcasts about like. So, like, every team that played through that short offseason mm-hmm. had those problems a lot more than teams mm-hmm. that did not play through that offseason.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I'll always maintain that I think, like, this next year, I think they can do it with this current squad. But I'm all right with, like, you know, moving on fresh faces is fine and trading Dennis Schroeder for Russell Westbrook's upgrade. But, yeah, I just – I don't know. I think, yeah – the injuries were a little fluky, especially with this year with the shortened offseason for him.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean...
0: That's why I don't throw the, the I, disappointment
2: I, on them necessarily. I mean, it was LeBron's first ever loss in the first round, regardless how you look at it. It's disappointing. They were champs last year. LeBron always competes, injuries or not. I guarantee you, he'd tell you he's disappointed. Like, you think you wanted to be
1: watching a finals game? And Hell no. You he wanted to be playing a
2: finals game. The reason I say you have to change it up is not because I, you're not changing Anthony Davis to LeBron James. The dudes you brought in completely downplayed to what they did the year before. Dennis Schroeder, who didn't go far in the playoffs and didn't deal with that fatigue, did not perform to six man of the year. He played significantly better with the Los Angeles Clippers, who were completely dysfunctional last year. He didn't. Some dudes are just like that; they don't mesh. Montrezl Harrell, another one. Andre Drummond comes in, does nothing. Another one. You know, some guys, th- these guys don't mesh. You got to change faces. We got to, you know, we got to find each other's strengths a little better. We got to find some new, new guys to gel with. That's the only reason I think change. I, 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 don't think they could win with this current roster. I mean, I guess you know the way. It's LeBron. Yeah, so. the way, the way, and you know, the Suns and. Bucks just went, and I didn't think that that they would ever, you know, go this year at the start of the year. So, obviously, he could have. They could have. Absolutely. At full strength, LeBron and AD could take anyone. But I think to be at their best and compete with what the Nets have built over there, they need more firepower than Kyle Kuzma, Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell, Andre Drummond, these cats helping... I don't That's know how Kuzma angry. stuck around. I don't know how he stuck around
0: through it all. He's you know, been hi- – Kuzma? He's I been hiding do. under the bleachers during trades. <laughs> he's, he's been doing everything. He just saying he's retired so he doesn't get traded. Like, he's been doing all of the stops.
1: He's been there since day one. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I – you know, it's all rumors right now. It's all speculation. I, I don't think there's ever – a wrong mentality to try and get better, which is what the Lakers are doing. Like, obviously, you got to match with the Nets. There's other teams. Like, what if the Bucks get somebody? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Damien Lillard's flying around. He might go somewhere. Like, That'd what if he insane. goes, somewhere? like, you just, you gotta, that would, that would That'd be, be insane. insane. But you gotta, you, you gotta increase your, you gotta get, try and get better. Like, you can't be, you never can settle, especially when you were a first round exit. You can't mm-hmm. settle. Um, but and, I, and, I and,
2: yeah, your, your goal is championship or bust and you're a first round exit. And now all all these other super teams are around. And that's why my stance, back to the original question, is I, between, you know, Chris Paul's an option and Russell Westbrook, I think most people will say Chris Paul, given that LeBron and Chris Paul are best friends. But I'd I'd go with Russell Westbrook. I think his he obviously has a lower ceiling, you know what you're going to get out of Chris Paul. But I think Russ also has a much higher floor. You know, he's younger. He still has all that athleticism. I think you throw him at his natural shooting guard, let LeBron do the decision making, let Russ worry about scoring and fucking rebounding, flying around the court, just doing what he does in balling, let LeBron do all the thinking and the decision making and the game winning decisions. And oh yeah, we have Anthony Davis here to help.
1: One of the best fucking power forwards yeah, in the game. like
2: I mean, like you said, if LeBron can't do it, then we can just admit that Russ isn't a winner. His play style is a winner. It, it, it's not a winning play style. It sucks. He can't... He can fill a statue. Yeah, he can fill a statue, but it's not going to win when it comes down to it. It's too easy to guard. But I think if anyone could change it, it would be wildly fun to see it with LeBron. It would be crazy. And I think if there's any trio that matches up with that fucking... You know, that Nets trio over there with just pure scoring it's straight athleticism Yep, just pure athleticism we will bully the brakes off of you you want to do all this <laughs> fancy dribbling and step backs and garbage we will bully the brakes off of you and dunk through your soul until you're ready to fucking go home crying like i think that would be cool
1: Dude, the Nets fucking Lakers with the Lakers having uh Russell. Oh my god, KD versus Russ in the finals dude, are you kidding me? You with James the Harden in there. Like, oh my god. I hope James Harden gets hit
0: by a bus. But <laughs> <laughs> I hate James Harden. I really like I like too. There's there's two athletes that I would not be starstruck to ever meet. Like, if I ever met him, I'd be like, Nah, dude, I don't fuck you, dude. Like, I really could care less who you are. You're a civilian, and that's they're on the same team. It's Kyrie <laughs> and fucking James Martin. It's they're
2: on the same fucking team. Even Kevin Durant, I'll be like, "Dude, yeah. you're Kevin Durant." Like, "Hey, what's up, man?" Like, I'd I, talk I'd talk shit to Kevin Durant because I know I could get in his head. I know he's softest tissue. Yeah. I'd for sure talk shit. And Kyrie Irving, I'd probably get my ass beat, but I I'd 100% throw hands. On spot. <laughs> on spot, I would square up with that motherfucker. Oh my god, I have so much hatred for that man. <laughs> So much hatred for that guy.
1: Clips of Kyrie getting choked out in an airport, and you're like, "God, that guy looks pretty recognizable." Is that is Any that Alex? Wife, fella? God
2: damn it! Is that I? Oh god damn it!
1: He shaved his head for a reason. He's got him with a good rear naked choke there. I like his position. Like, he's got him. Kyrie clearly has no MMA training. Oh the shit! Just attack man. him
0: during Ramadan. He'll probably have his ass.
1: Uh, say that ancient voodoo shit ain't
2: saving you here, fella.
1: Uh, well, yeah, another one where it'll be interesting to see, similar to the Cubs. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of it. Uh, but we have one of what I'm going to say is the most hated players in football. Uh, it's my bias speaking. But Aaron Rodgers, boys, if you guys haven't heard about it, he turned down a deal to make him the highest paid player in the NFL. He turned it down. And you want to talk about power moves or not? But, wow, what a power move. Jacob, what what do you got on the situation? This is the Tom Brady effect. So, Brady leaves,
0: and then a year after, this motherfucker is turning it down. He, He leaves at 40, what, two years of age, turns 43 during the season, and then wins it later on. And it's clearly because he wasn't getting what he wanted with the Patriots anymore. Hurts really fucking hard to say but he wasn't happy with how it's being run. He wanted things done a little bit differently, and he wanted more faith putting it into him. Now, the difference with Aaron Rodgers is is as many excuses have been made for him, there's none that are really good because he's had a top-tier offensive line pretty much every single year he's ever played. Like, he's had a pretty good fucking offensive line, and and right now he has Devontae Adams and a, a solid core around him, where he should be able to win a fucking championship if he's as good as people think he is. And he hasn't been able to do it. He hasn't been able to get across that finish line. And I honestly, like, part of me is like, this is kind of a fucking excuse. This is kind of a bitch out from him. Like, he's... He has everything on the offensive side to make him better, and their defense is no scrub. They're actually touted as a good defense this year.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And still couldn't get it fucking done. And you know why? Because he's not really that great. Like, he's not really that elite of a fucking football player. He might be able to make throws that Brady can never make make and shit like that. But outside of that, he's not He's not a true fucking winner when it comes to – he doesn't truly care about winning. He cares about, like he, – he likes, you know, making cool throws. He likes doing all that. But when it comes to, like, being aggressive towards purely winning and putting his ego aside so he can fucking win, he's just not that dude. And it's, it's honestly, like, he saw Brady leave and win and he was just like you know what fuck it if I can get thrown into a situation where I have a very elite defense and a very elite offense then I'm gonna fucking take the risk and go do it I think I know where he's gonna go and that's where I'm gonna kick off (laughs) to (laughs) Al
2: oh yeah no all great points I, I can't argue with a single thing for sure he has been given the most excuses ever and he might just be similar to like Mike Budenholder, like we were talking about earlier, or he's just a great regular season performer. He just, like you said, he doesn't care about winning that much. He, but doesn't, he doesn't
0: care about it enough.
2: Yeah. Like, he cares yeah.
0: about winning, but like, like Brady's a psychopath. Yeah. He's like Michael Jordan level when it comes to caring about winning. Mm-hmm. Mama, Mama mentality kind of shit. And Rodgers is 130% not that guy.
2: Yeah, And that's why he struggles in the play. You can kind of always see that in his eyes. Yep. You know, when he's losing. She doesn't, I, I don't know. There's this, there's this fucking anger about Brady when they're losing. And some people want to call it pouting. Like, no, dude, he's fucking pissed. He hates nothing more in the world. Like, he's not pouting. Well, he's trying not to explode on the world.
0: On top of that, when's the last time you heard Aaron Rodgers blame himself for a loss? Or even throw himself in, like, you know, I had to be better. You know, I didn't do the right things here. Mm-hmm. You know, Brady like he'll yell at his teammates on the sideline, and then he'll take fault in the post post conference. You know, mm-hmm. post loss conference, he'll do that. Rodgers is just like, I don't know, man. I you know, or he'll hit him with a relax. You know, he's yeah. he doesn't he never takes fault. He never himself yeah. takes fault. And I I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the most overhyped players that I've ever witnessed. When it comes to like, I've seen people be like, you know what, he's actually the real go. Like, he's actually you know he's. He's so talented. He could be like really like, you know, if you gave you put him on the Patriots system, I think they win 13 Super Bowls. Like that's not that's not real. That's not a fucking real thing. Like he's oh God. Sorry, I've seen too much shit on Twitter.
2: I could, yeah, like I said, I no points I could argue with my chest or anything like that. I but now of the teams he could go to. If you wanted to go to that perfect situation, that perfect elite defense, elite offense, that situation might just be the Broncos, boys.
0: <laughs> They're missing one thing, and that's the most important position, and I think he could probably solve that. Like It sucks because I would love to see him fail with you guys, and I'd love to see him win, so I don't know what to do.
2: We're really good and really <laughs> notorious for bringing in quarterbacks <clears throat> on their way out. That want to be a secondary character now. We're good at that. We've done that before. Let's run it back. We have what should be an incredibly good defense on paper. Now we've had that before and it hasn't panned out. But I mean, you know, with Vic Fangio and the athletes, we now have the corner, this corners would have hurt our defense even slightly in the past couple years. And now we have insane corner depth. And we obviously our safeties are good. Justin Simmons is arguably the the best safety in the league, and Kareem Jackson is average to above average at best. Like I I love his love his play style. He's in fucking included in every play. Our number one overall pick, Patrick Certain, is our fourth string corner this year. Like we're looking good. You had that with the pass rushers of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. I mean, that defense could be insane. That defense could be really fucking nice. And then you throw that in with the youth and growth we have on offense. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamlin, Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant. And then our offensive line has improved. Somehow Mike Munchak turned Garrett Bowles into the league's fucking best rated left tackle. It's fucking bullshit, dude. I fucking – I hated that man. I hated Garrett Bulls. So He led the league for like three straight years in holds. And then just out of nowhere, he's like, oh, yeah, I can kind of play good. I don't know. I figured something out. You learned how to get it with holds. I, yeah, apparently. Something happened because all of a sudden he's playing well. The rest of, off, the, rest of the offensive line has come together. They're young, but Munchak is really good at working with – I mean, he's – already improved him so much like that could be just the perfect situation for him to go into but as dj alluded to earlier on twitter if that were to happen he <laughs> would still have to beat out Drew Locke. yes yeah. that's just true yeah. or we'd see the first ever dual quarterback system
1: in the nfl we've never seen it we haven't fuck it go three throw
0: bridgewater in there <laughs> okay okay now we're i could
2: get on board i could get on board with all of this This is all in a scenario where the Broncos don't have to trade anyone away to acquire Aaron Rodgers, of course.
1: Yeah. Well, like. (laughs) Just get handed him, like, he shows up at the front door, like, hey guys, let me in. Oh,
2: (laughs) hero.
0: Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, no, I like I said, I would love to see him fail with you guys because then it would just prove my point about Aaron Rodgers, where I'm like, I just don't think he's that dude.
2: Hey, we're also really good at failing, so if you need someone for the job, it <laughs> might just be us. Hey, yeah, he can you. definitely disappoint. I can tell you that. It's a lifelong Broncos fan. We are good at disappointing. <laughs> I so, guess. Yeah, my, my thing out. with my thing with this whole thing is
0: like, what does Rogers want? What more does he want? Like, they built a good defense around you. they built... You have Devontae Adams. I'm sorry, but fucking Brady won it with literal... Like, when Gronk was out, literally, like, n- go down the list. Like, might be 20 before you reach a Patriots receiver. A person who can catch the ball, do anything on offense. Might be 20. And the defense, like... You know, they might say, like, Patriots always have good defenses when they win it or whatever, but they'll always start the year ranked fucking 32nd, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's, like, they might start playing up to, like, play better towards the end, but they're not, and, like, yeah, I just, yeah, no, I think Rodgers is more of, like, he's trying to do the thing where he moves on and, like, he can win it somewhere, but I I just don't think he's out there.
2: The only argument you can make for him is that he's never had a good coach, maybe, Valid. Well, because I don't think Mike McCarthy's ever been good, and I don't think his coach now is that good. I think his coach now is better. I think he could be good. He's he's just young, and he's battling with a disgruntled, grumpy old bitch uh, quarterback and superstar, and that never works well for young coaches. Well, he was so like he set up to fail.
0: He was like buddy buddy, and like hyping up Lafleur, and like like how happy it was to have
2: Lafleur. It like, was like that with McCarthy early too. He's He seems like a pretty fake guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His family hates him. He seems really fake. But, like, and I guess the, the only other thing is that I, and I can't be certain because I'm no fucking Packers fanatic, but outside of, like, this year, they've mostly had pretty shitty defenses. And that doesn't help. Like, defense does win championships. Again, all coming from bias because we won a championship with Literally only our defense. Our offense scored seven points at the Super Bowl. Our defense scored 14. To add to so the
1: Vikings' best completely years. Biased or whether like,
2: I think defense ahead.
1: No, I was gonna yeah, I, I was gonna add to your point. Like the Vikings best years are when their defense is insane. Like their offense can be ass, but if their defense is insane. Mm-hmm. So I like, can just yeah, prove. And
2: I'm not, yeah, not disagreeing with you. I'm just making a counter argument that could be made is he hasn't had that defense that wins championships. But then, you know, you have that counter-argument that this year they did have a top 10 defense, and he had plenty of weapons on offense, and they still didn't. Because, yeah, my thing is, even when the Patriots had the 32nd-ranked defense going into the playoffs, you still have Bill Belichick, who you know is taking away – perfect, creating the perfect game plan to take away whoever they have, regardless of what retard is lined up across from them.
0: yeah. I mean, like, the thing with Bill Belichick, and this is where, like, I have a real anxiety coming over this season, is, like, outside of his career with the Patriots, like, his career with everybody else, he's actually a mid. You know, he's actually yeah. a mid-tier coach. But what All he of, did with the Patriots. You know, what, what him and Brady did with the Patriots is, like, the thing what you have to take into account with that. What him and Brady did with the Patriots is insane. But, like, before that, like, he was, he was uh, like, you know, he wasn't, like, a young coach when he took over the Browns. Mm-hmm. And they still weren't. He wasn't, you know, scheming these guys. And they weren't a bad team. They weren't like bottom of the barrel team, but like they were still like a mid. You know what they finished this year? They were a seven
2: and nineteen. Yeah, but can we really get Brady? Like, we we can't get Brady too much because like we, yeah. we've seen years of him scheming players. That, like, and we know Matt Patricia wasn't doing that. We know Matt Patricia wasn't doing. Dude, that. when he got hired, I was like, oh, you like, guys got bro, fooled. Yeah, we he know, we know fooled. That, Matt Patricia wasn't doing that. Like. I, I've oh. seen enough like but like of, Flores was a defensive
0: yeah. coach and then now he's actually like a pretty like a top top of the fucking heat, not top of the heat, but you know top half. Yeah, oh, definitely coach. on the eyes.
2: Super young, yeah. on the rise, like doing doing more with less. You know, they don't have a lot of talent, they're winning winning games. So yeah, no, I mean it's there are a lot of question marks. I just think I I definitely think I, I respect Bill's defense and what Bill did bring to the table, I obviously think everyone wants to say Bill did everything. Bill was, no. I think Tom did more than Bill. I think think Tom's winning mentality and his winning personality brought to the Patriots organization more than Bill's winning football knowledge brought. But Mm -hmm. I do think he does have a lot of defense that helped, defensive knowledge that helped because he was a defensive coach coming up. Yeah. That helped in those playoff runs that Maybe Aaron Rodgers has never had, uh, you know, that help on that side of the ball, something to lean on on that side of the ball where Brady and Belichick were a perfect one-two combo. You know, they could lean on each other. McCarthy was, I believe, an offensive guy. Mm -hmm. You know, they've never had that super solid defense. I think think McCarthy is actually a
0: defensive guy, and that's why Aaron Rodgers is happy he got McFleur because he's an offensive guy.
2: I I because because this sense. is the thing with Aaron Rodgers, it's always yeah. excuses. It's excuses. <laughs> yeah.
0: What's your fucking excuse this yeah. year, dude? You yeah. have a top 10 defense, you have Devontae Adams, you have a bunch of dudes all around you. You have no fucking excuses. You didn't fucking win it. So what is it? Like it's just excuses from I don't care if you make sidearm passes 70 yards on the field. I don't give a shit. You can't win it when it fucking matters. So like, what is what's the point? Why are you trying to leave now? You actually have the best setup you've had this entire time, and now you're trying to leave. So what are you doing? the best setup you've had in years, and
2: they're offering you the most money in the league. You're like, ah, ah.
0: No, that was was my nail. Like, power power move. When you try doing this stuff, I'm like, this is the nail in the coffin. Like, where I'm like, he's not even close. Like, it's not even the same thing. He's fucking Dan Marino, like, with one Super Bowl.
1: That's all it is. So I guess I have a couple counter arguments, and Mm -hmm. they may be biased. I think Aaron Rodgers is very talented. I don't think he's a winner. Like, if you want to make a comparison, I think he's mellow, dude. He's mellow through and through. Like, the dude can fill up a stat sheet. The dude, he's – yeah, thank you. I, I was thinking about it for a while. I mean, we're talking 10 minutes ago I came up with this comparison. Um, but, but um, yeah, I, I, I think he's super talented. But, like you said, he doesn't he doesn't want to win enough. He wants to win, but not he doesn't want it enough. Uh, and so that's Apple what he can, that's the huge difference between Apple him. If can. That's the difference, huge difference between him and, uh, you know, Brady, Brady, Brady's the winner, Brady's more of a Jordan type, whereas he's more, but you know, he's a stat filler. He's gonna, he's gonna play well. some years. I do think he's super talented. I think some of the stuff he does in the pocket, especially given his just athleticism, like there's just so much shit he does. And I think the real, the kind of nail in the coffin kind of thing or the thing that really what set him over the line, Oh was that God. one draft, the one draft, uh, there was, what, like six or seven dudes who were insane receivers? And they needed a receiver. All they had was Devontae Adams. Their number two was fucking St. Brown. Not St. Brown, whatever that – whatever guy. about this Yeah, Scandley, I mean. fucking Alan Lazard. Like, they didn't have anybody else at receiver, and there was seven of them. And then the Packers trade up, and you're like, oh, they're, they're getting a receiver. This makes sense. And then they draft Jordan Love. And, like, how – And like we talked about earlier, with small market teams, you have to cater to your stars. And when you basically flip off your star and say, fuck you, we're not going to give you a star. We're going to draft your replacement. Like, I can see why that would set him over the line. I understand that. Like, I'd be pissed if I was saying, like, what the fuck? You still have me now. I need a fucking receiver right now. And to Al's point with the defense, their defense has been awful every other year besides, like, every year besides this. The most recent. They've really put in a ton of effort as of late, the last couple of years, drafting and working. And they, their defense is actually very solid now. And I'll give you credit there. This is the best defense he's ever had. Uh, but to start out, he was – he did have a terrible defense. He did have a terrible coach. Um, Mike McCarthy's a fucking joke. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do think – I understand why he's pissed off. But when you make the point of, like, this is the best team he's ever had, it's spot on. Now, I think his receiving core, when you don't compare it to Brady's core, is kind of – like, other than Devonta Adams, who's what some would say the best receiver in the league – but other than him, like, the receiving core is a fucking joke. No tight ends. He doesn't really like tight ends. It is what it is. Um, But, like, yeah, he just doesn't have any weapons. Now, Brady did do it without weapons, but Brady did it with weapons. Randy Moss. So. Yeah, I mean, went with Randy Moss. You're right. They lost that year. Yeah. No, whatever. He, I mean, he's only got. Dude, he's one with people you couldn't pick in a fucking lineup. Yeah. So like... and I'm I'm saying he's not. You can't use him as the, like, example. Or example. Whatever. You know, he's.
2: What are you talking about? Danny Amendola is the ideal <laughs> physical specimen. Dude,
0: there is some years,
2: man. Okay, okay, is. okay. Yeah, that's yours. No. Yep. West Welker. West
0: Welker. Ideal physical specimen. What about specimen? Hopkins?
2: No. Julian Edelman is a physical freak. Yeah. Oh, fuck, damn it. All right. I'm out. And it's just like... Gronk is a freak. Gronk he is... He got a, one. Gronk is a freak. He he's he's there
0: sometimes, too. He's yep, there sometimes. He's there
2: every now and then, like, 30% of the time. Like, it... Yeah, no,
0: I... I Like, my problem with it is, like, if he did this when he doesn't have Devontae Adams at where he's at, where he's honest to God, a fucking top five, if not top, I'd say top three. I think he's
1: debatably one of the best receivers in the league, which makes him top three.
0: Which, if you have one of those dudes, if you just have a guy who's kind of good or, you know, decently above average, like, he's going to look like a fucking star next to him. And that's really all you fucking need. And you have, uh, what's it called? You have decent running. You have pretty good running backs, right?
1: Aaron Jones is solid, Really good.
0: Right, Aaron Jones. De- okay, and, and, and you have a that great d- offensive put- line, and you have a top ten defense,
1: and you're leaving now. It doesn't now, make sense. I 100 it, agree with that. Weak.
0: like it's so stupid.
1: But with with the draft thing, I understand why you could be upset if you were Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, I honestly, I would be livid if I was him. Like, I would be so fucking pissed, and especially with all those fucking receivers available, if
2: you were upset. If you wanted to leave. On the package, that all sounds nice. Do you think with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, maybe Corlin Sutton could be a little Devontae Adams like? Maybe Jerry Judy could be a significantly better second than Valdez Scantling. KJ Hamler and Noah Fant can be a better third and fourth than Alan Lazard and Alan Lazard. <laughs> Melvin Gordon. And then that defense, Vaughn Miller. God, I don't know. God, that would be cool. It'd be that'd cool, be, but it's be like super fun.
0: It's like, all right, if you're gonna like get out, like you're approaching training camp. Like, you know, like this is the time where you'd actually want to spend the time with them.
2: Oh, they're they're clearly going it's gonna be an ugly divorce. Is, to it's lie. gonna be a, it's gonna be a Carson Palmer divorce. If it ha- if it gonna, happens, yeah. yeah he's, it's gonna 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 be. Have, he's gonna have to miss like he's gonna have to sit out games. Like, I don't think. I, yeah, I think best case scenario, if he helps Broncos at all this year, and I'm being completely like, I don't know, it's complete fantasy. Like, I really don't think he'll come to the Broncos. I think it'd be perfect. I think it'd be cool.
0: Too perfect, one of those things? Yeah. yeah. I
2: don't think it'll happen. But if he did, best case scenario, I think it'd be like a midseason thing. It, it literally like, I'm literally looking at like a Carson Palmer situation. he sat out half the season they're like oh okay so he's dead serious he doesn't care if he plays another snap again because he doesn't care that much about football and about winning And that's the same type of dude that Aaron Rodgers is Mm -hmm. and he's literally willing to do that and go golf and not play football just to prove his point well like
0: like you see him what he looks like in the off season too like what he's doing like i don't think you're really i don't think you're a grinder bro
1: Well, we will see a lot of topics of what might and may not happen. And if all of it doesn't happen, this entire podcast has been a complete and total waste. But if it does happen, you have our breakdown. Uh, But yeah, I think we'll wrap up another podcast. We got stuff to do. You got stuff to do. So continue on with your day. Have fun. Get ready for the weekend. but that is all for us. We'll be back next week uh, with more interesting topics, hopefully. You know, we need the news cycle to make something happen, and then we can talk about it, or we'll just debate each other. Um, we can bring back topics that both Alex and Jacob are hot about, uh, and we can just continue rolling. But anyway, wrapping up here, uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at DJLo4422, and then
2: at BayJT. At Alex Long Zero Two. Y'all stay high inside.